where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. It's our pleasure to welcome to the program, friend of the show, becoming a regular here on uh, Balloon Party from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, ladies and gentlemen, Lynn Worthy. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Man, the whole world has seemingly changed since you and I talked last week uh, with the Wilson Contreras uh, news. Uh, What was your initial reaction when that whole thing broke on Saturday morning? Because my initial reaction was, first of all, just how it seemed as though they were reversing course on something that they, you know, have been so adamant about this guy being their catcher going forward, Um, how he was, you know, working on specific things to make him better defensively. I mean, uh, going back to spring training, I mean, just even talking about his receiving skills and, and they even acknowledged that they were making this announcement that, you know, yeah, he's gotten better in a lot of that stuff. And that was a big part of what they were doing in spring training and the idea that he get the WBC to work with the pitchers and, and all of this. And then it gets to this, you know, 30-some games into the season. It's like, yeah, not so much. Uh, we got to make a change. It just seemed shocking. And then just the way things unfolded where he didn't even know the third catcher was coming and, and sort of was surprised by that. And um, I guess the other thing that jumped out at me was just how he seemed to handle all of it. I mean, considering the circumstances, uh, I think he handled it as well as you could have expected, whether it's the questions or just the, the way he, you know, um, stood there and, and answered everything for us and never outwardly showed any sort of, you know, um, being angry or frustrated, at least not in front of us, about everything that was unfolding. So, yeah, it was uh, it was something to, to see right in front of you. Yeah, you, your your cohort at uh, the Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson, wrote a column that threw out the trials and tribulations of the last week. I think uh, Wilson Contreras has actually picked up fans in St. Louis, and, and what a rare spot it is for a player to be signed, the kind of deal he was signed to, then be removed from his position, and the fan base rally around him. Usually, if something like that's going to happen, that must mean the guy's performing at a dreadful level, and fans are probably incredibly frustrated with him, but I think the source of frustration, at least at this moment, is directed more toward the front office and perhaps Ali Marmol. What is your sense on that? Well, I think he, he's, he clearly knows. I mean, he's going to be there for a while. So, I mean, I think it's one of those things where he's a new guy. He's not going to do anything to rock the boat. Um, but he also knows that he's, he came there to catch. They're paying him to catch. He's, that's his position. That's, you know, what he's there for. And he's going to be there for a while. I mean, you stop and think about it. Um, I mean, he's under contract longer than any of the pitchers that are there right now. So, I mean, like, he's going to be there. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure he's not happy about the way things are going, but at the same time, 
Um, I think he he can afford to take a little bit of a longer view and say, okay, you know, sort of swallow it for now and just sort of, you know, make whatever changes that they feel he needs to make and do the work that they feel he needs to do. And um, he knows, I mean, and it's also not like it's just a pure benching either. I mean, he's still going to be in the lineup. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, I mean, I think about it sometimes like, okay, it's, you know, I was in that position. You were in that position. I was like, okay, how do you, how would you react, especially this coming right before going to Chicago? Yeah. Place that, you know, been had there been sort of whispers and knocks anonymously come out about his catching abilities there, and then his first trip back is when all this happened. So, um, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of frustration, but at the same time, I mean, uh, it didn't it didn't affect him detrimentally on on the field. I mean, we saw that first night, and he was just eating it up and, and leaning into it. Yeah, he uh, certainly was welcoming the uh, the heel turn that he had in front of the uh, former fans at Wrigley Field. Cardinals taking two of three from the Cubs, losing last night. Jordan Montgomery has pitched very well this year. Last night, one of now two starts he has had. Uh, Wilson Contreras not behind the plate for that one. Andrew Kisner uh, was behind the plate for that one, of course. Your analysis of where things stand at the moment, because the Cardinals not only are in last place, they're a few games back of uh, even the second-to-last place team in the National League. They have a long way to go in order to get back to even 500, much less get back in the spot where they're thinking about contention. The nice thing for the Cardinals is the National League Central, whereas the Pirates ran away at the start of the season, they have fallen back to earth, and the Brewers haven't done much either. Uh, Your analysis of the state of things as they get ready to take on the Red Sox at Fenway Park, Lynn? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like you mentioned, the, the fact that the division didn't just completely run away from them, even more than the, the hole that they already dug. I mean, you, you look up after they finally snapped that, that eight-game losing streak and you realize that they actually picked up a game because, you know, Pittsburgh had had a, streak, a losing streak, Milwaukee had, had just snapped a streak, so they, they didn't lose even more and more ground during that. Um, so I think it also underscores how big a hole they dug early and, you know, how that, you know, it, it break you know, wanted to say, okay, well, it's early, and, and yes, that was true, and they did have time to make that up, and they still do. But that's why now, you know, you win three out of four, and you say, okay, you're starting to turn things around, but it's like, but you still have so much more of a, a uphill climb because of what took place before that. So, you know, like I said, you win three out of four that last game at home, and then two out of three, and you say, okay, well, now it's starting to look a little bit better. Um, I think this next year is going to be really interesting, especially because, Boston's been a team that has been playing a lot better than people expected and yeah. going into this last series with Atlanta. Um, and just to see how the starting pitching um, shows up here, you know, with Wayne, was Wayno, Matt, and then Michaelis in Boston, that's going to be interesting to see how they how they go because I think that starting pitching has still been the biggest question mark. I mean, and, and it connects to the Contreras thing where it was, you know, wasn't said outright, but it was, you know, familiarity with the catcher and all that. Okay, well, so... The pitching performance is going to be part of what we look at when we evaluate how this whole Contreras thing. And so now seeing Wayno's second start, seeing Matt, if he can build on that last start, um, and then seeing, you know, if Michaelis can sort of keep the ball rolling that he's sort of had in his last few starts, um, that's going to be a real sign of if they're really up on, on an upswing and if that's potentially something they can keep going forward.
Lynn Worthy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is our guest here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Uh, a note uh, this morning in uh, the Post-Dispatch, Lynn, was uh, an update on Jordan Walker. Uh, Jordan Walker had a double last night. Uh, had a 6.8 uh, miles per hour exit velocity that is cited because it was his only hit in the game and it is only his second extra base hit since being sent down. He's played 11 games in Memphis. He has two extra base hits and he is hitting 175. He's 7 for 40 and a 588 OPS. Uh, I think that that is something that with the Contreras news and with the big league team struggles is probably flying under the radar. But that is an eye-opening statistic to have Jordan Walker with especially the way he was performing in the first three weeks of spring training. He's one of the best hitters in spring training. Grapefruit League or Cactus League didn't matter. Um, And then to see the fall off that happened in the second half of spring training the strong start from a from a getting on base with base hits perspective to his major league career and then getting sent down. What do you think of where he is? Is this a case of the confidence perhaps being shattered? Is it a case of it doesn't matter what his average is because they're teaching him a new swing and focusing on elevating the ball, and so the results aren't as important as the swing? What are your thoughts on Walker, Lynn? I don't think it's a matter of the confidence being shattered. I don't, I don't think he's – I mean, just from what we saw of him going back to spring training uh, in those first, you know, few weeks in the majors, I don't think he's a guy that uh, – I mean, even spring training, when he had a slump there, a long slump there, I don't think he's a guy where that sort of thing, um, you know, is going to put him in a hole or you know, just send him in the tank altogether. I think, you know, going through some ups and downs, I think he's he's ready for that. He's, he's prepared for that. He knows that's going to come with it. I think – um, you know, I mean, I guess you'd like to think that that was also part of the calculus from the organization when they decided to bring him up. Was that if he has to go back down, is he, is he the type of guy that's going to be able to handle that? Is that going to send him into a tailspin? You'd like to think that all those things get considered. Um, as far as just the results, I mean, I'm not, uh, I mean, it, it is, you know, I guess, you know, uh, 11 games or so is still a relatively small sample size. Also, I'm not surprised because I figure. The changes, the adjustments he's making, they're probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment period with that. Um, and I I really did think as soon as they made this move that I thought that his, I mean, even if you assume that he, you know, hit the ground running with all the adjustments they wanted him to make, I, I always assumed that his return was really as much about them getting sorted out things at the big league level with their outfield situation as much or more so than him making those adjustments. Because I felt like, you know, the, the playing time thing, them just trying to sort through the moving parts they have at the outfield was as much a, a factor as him making the adjustments. So, um, obviously, you'd like to see him having success with those adjustments. Uh, and um, right now at this early stage, you're probably not seeing as much of it. I mean, I don't know if the, the numbers necessarily indicate exactly, but um, the results definitely are are saying that there's still some some ground to make up in that regard. A final question for you, at least final thought. Uh, you, you mentioned the Cardinal rotation and, of course, the struggles that are there. And uh, Wilson Contreras certainly receiving some of the blame based on the actions that were taken. But I want to I focus in on Jack Flaherty, uh, the exchange with your peer uh, Derek Gould two nights ago in Wrigley Field. Uh, really something else. But um, the, taking, taking that action, and extrapolating from that exchange, what it says to me as a guy, 
is very frustrated because he was on a, a path to greatness, incredible wealth. Uh, if the system were different, if you're playing in a different league, he already probably would have been taken care of. But because it's baseball, he hasn't been. And I think he knows that he is pitching a different way than he was a few years ago because of his his shoulder. And it leads to the lack of velocity, which he was asked about, which got him uh, upset. And uh, and also, I think it, it plays a role in his mechanics, which has led to a lack of control. Flaherty was a focal point for many nationally as far as the Cardinals' hopes this season, uh, if he could reach the levels that he had three or four years ago. That didn't seem real likely to me just because he's a pitcher with a damaged shoulder and that's going to be very difficult to overcome. But now he's a guy going out there and he's really having problem each start and putting the team in a in a precarious position. Your analysis of Flaherty both short term and with regards to the Cardinals long term. Well, I think some of that, that post-game stuff, which obviously, you know, uh, got a lot of attention. I think part of that, and, and I haven't spent as much time around him as a lot of other people, I think part of that might just be the there's certain guys, you know, that are just intense right after a game. And so maybe some of that response is different, you know, a day later. But So I think part of the just the exchange and everything is, is that. But um, I don't know if that's necessarily tied to the last couple of years and everything he's gone through or if it's just the – the intenseness of, you know, being after the game, being a competitor, and, you know, and you, obviously we saw the uh, last week when, when Wayne had some pointed comments about a question just because, uh, again, I think that's just the competitive nature of some of these guys. Now, as far as um, the performance, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was sort of unfair from the beginning to say, okay, he's going to be back to 2019. I think that's, you know, clearly that's a lot of people's hope, but as far as an expectation, um, that's probably unfair. Now, consistency is obviously what everybody's going to be striving for and what everybody's going to be hoping. And I think right now you're just not sure on a consistent basis what you're going to get out of him. Um, and that's the thing that I think is more, I don't know if concerning is the right word, but, you know, it's it's the thing that I think is more and it's more important than, you know, what he says post-game or, or how he asks the questions is, the consistency of performances. You know, we saw early in the season, he had a couple of starts where obviously the command was an issue, but he was able to work around that in a couple of early starts and then not, not so much in the last few. Um, so think what he, when, he, when he's able to find some level of consistency and whatever that's at, I mean, I don't think you expect that to be an ace. I don't think you expect that to be what he used to be. I think just where he settled into, I think is going to be the biggest thing. If they can get him to settle into somewhere where it's not going to be a, what are you going to get tonight? And you just don't know until he steps on the mound. I think they just need him to be something consistently and then work from that. I mean, if he's going to be the guy who carries your rotation, I think that's going to be a little iffy because it's just, again, too unpredictable. I think if he's just a piece and you know you're going to get consistency from other than you know that you're going to be able to get something from him, whether that's okay, you know you're going to get solved, you're going to get you know, something maybe relative to a quality start, maybe just a little bit lower than that, but, you know, you're going to be able to get that um, as opposed to where you're just not sure. Um, uh, and I don't know long-term. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he could be a free agent at the end of the season. So um, long-term is an open question whether or not he's, he's here past this. But I think right now it's just a matter of, you know, what can they get from him this year and how is that going to play into the rest of their starting pitching um, because they just need to get consistency overall from the starting group. That's Lynn Worthy. You can read more in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and online at stltoday.com. Lynn, always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for the time this morning. 
Thank you. You guys take care. You too. That's Lynn Worthy with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN.